0: Our next live workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, will be held online from September 22nd to 24th, 2023. If you want to get closer and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you.
1: Sign up at
0: whiteismypartner.com slash events. Welcome to the Connectfulness Practice Podcast. Here, we settle into the murky, tangled, and freaking hard parts of life to restore, our relationship with the self so it can ripple out to the people we love the work we do and the world around us if we can't fix what's wrong then our grandchildren inherit it in order to fix what's wrong we have to talk about it and we can't move that conversation forward if we're not willing to be real about where we are now we have to push on the edges of what it means to connect otherwise nothing will ever change I'm your host, Rebecca Wong, and I'm here to guide you through a series of radically honest conversations about what it means to be truly human in all of its messy, beautiful, hilarious, and heartbreaking glory. In our collective effort of looking inward, we're starting to do the outward work of reconnecting the world. While these discussions will guide you into the connectfulness practice. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for the depth of work that you'd encounter with a licensed provider. If something in this episode touches you, reach out. That's where you initiate the ripple that restores relationships. You can learn more about my Connectfulness Counseling practice and online workshops at connectfulness.com. Hi, everyone. Today's going to be a treat. I'm here with my dear friend and boot camp co facilitator and co host on Why Does My Partner podcast? And gosh, I feel like she's a sister in many ways, um, Vicki Issa. Vicki is a licensed clinical social worker mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. She's been a therapist for over 12 years, and we met um through our practice of relational life therapy vicky sees both adults and individuals and couples her practice is in norwood massachusetts and that's where she lives with her husband and two children you can learn more about vicky's work at vicky and we'll have a link in our show notes welcome vicky i'm so happy to have you and it's so funny to hear you um
1: introduce me and our roles with each other because when i'm trying to describe Mm. you to people i'm like My friend and my business partner, but I think she'd be offended if I just said business partner because she's more my friend. (laughs) There's there's so much that we do together these days. There's so much, um, which has just been a lovely experience for both of us. I'll Mm -hmm. go ahead and say it for both
0: of us. Yeah, Um,
1: yeah, Yeah, that's
0: really nice. Um, You know, I'll I'll mention this to my listeners, but that we only met um, in March of 2020, like right before the world (laughs) shut down, and. Our friendship has grown and evolved in many ways, much of it mm-hmm. online. There has definitely been like we we got to vacation together a little this summer and we've spent some real mm-hmm. time together. And so much of how we have known each other has been in this virtual it, world. It has. And which shows that it can work.
1: Like there's there's downsides yeah. to the virtual world. I get that. And there's upsides. Um, And because I actually think had the world not shut down, we wouldn't. Even because we wouldn't have done virtual, yeah, we wouldn't know. see each other as much. I mean, you're in New York and right. I'm in Massachusetts and we would find a way to get together, I'm sure, but it wouldn't have been
0: what we did with Zoom. Right. Right. And so, so much of what we do together is that we yeah. teach, yes. whether it's through the Why Does My Partner mm-hmm. podcast, which we do also with Jules, or it's through our boot camps. I was going to say, Jules which we do also, also with Jules. <laughs> yes right the three of we us. we do a lot we, of teaching the three of do. us we do
1: and i yeah. think that the reason that the three of us have formed such a, a bond my own opinion is that this lens of relational life therapy really is life changing and yeah, changes you individually and then affects every relationship that you're in
0: and that right there that it changes you individually. I think each of us have gone through mm-hmm. our own personal transformations, our own relational mm-hmm. transformations, and it makes it so much richer. Right. Yeah. I yeah talk now. Okay.
1: So the three of us are therapists that might make a difference too, but I talk about topics with the two of you that I, I don't talk about with my other friends it does change things. And I I actually do recommend to all my clients, teach your friends this language. Teach your friends these concepts because the more immersed you get into self-esteem and boundaries and relational mindfulness and all this, the more you want it to be part of everywhere you go. And it does affect and ripple.
0: Just come to our boot camps with your friends. (laughs) Listen to our White is My Partner yeah. podcast and come to our boot camps with, your with your friends. That's a marketing piece and, we've never and done. Your, and your sweeties. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but it's so true. That, like when you mm-hmm. can talk to your friends, it's,
0: it's big, big about all these different things. Because it starts to change how you see things, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just being in a... Mm -hmm. oh, this is hard kind of place. It's like, oh, well, can you do a little U-turn there? Like, what's your side of it? And so what you start learning is the stuff that we're really going to talk about here. I'm so excited to talk about this here today. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to start at the the back of our conversation and then we'll work our way back to it. But one of the things that you really start to learn when you and your friends are developing this language is this thing that I think in many ways we all need to develop more of this ability to observe yourself yes and to really um it's a different part of your
1: brain and to yeah. be able to cultivate it and come into this different part of your brain it's a muscle your brain is a i don't know if your muscle your brain is a, is it a muscle is it an organ and it has to be developed and worked on and the first few or few hundred times you try to do this new thing it's not as effective. And then the more you do it, and the more you do it, then the better you get. I've actually, I've had, they don't say that to me anymore, but I think I have clients who've seen me for a while. When clients have said to me, I'll recommend something and they say easier said than done. And I literally pause and smile and say, if we're gonna use cliches, it's actually practice makes perfect. (laughs) It's not (laughs) easier said than done. And I'm on this journey with my clients. And as uh, Rebecca, you know, and some listeners might know, Part part of my method with therapy really is to share my stories as well. So my clients know that I'm on this journey with them. Hopefully I'm a few steps ahead. That's why I can guide them on it. Because I've been doing myself RLT for five and a half years now. And most of my clients have not. So I'm farther ahead. But like the more you do it, the more natural it starts to become.
0: Yep. And there's an awkwardness when we start learning a new skill. I mean, like I'm thinking of myself when I was a young kid and trying to learn how to ride a bike without training wheels and like, you know, having a parent like run behind mm-hmm. my bike and trying to hold it up and all the falls right. I would take. And, you know, then when I started learning how to do something else like snowboarding and <laughs> even more recently, I'm trying to learn how to skateboard on a longboard. And that's just <laughs> as awkward, right? Right. Hey right? So like whenever you're starting to learn something new, there's always an awkwardness
1: that goes with it. Right. And it's so interesting. Why do we stick it out with some things and not with others? I mean, some people wouldn't even stick it out with like, I do kickboxing, same thing when I was first lo- learning
0: the punches and some people don't keep coming back. So, it's- Right. And so I think this comes back to the fact that, that so many of us have grown up in mm-hmm. homes where we were taught that on some level we couldn't be awkward we had to be good and perfect we had to be good and perfect Mm -hmm. right or that we were bad and rebellious but like there wasn't really that space in the middle for the awkward like I'm learning stage and so can I just come back to that Mm -hmm. cliche for a minute instead of practice makes perfect because I think perfect is like (laughs) another right right I wonder if it's like
1: practice makes better. better. I was just thinking that as you were pausing, that's a much better term yeah. to be using because no, we're never going to get perfect at this. And perfect is yeah. actually, I would even say the striving for perfection is unhealthy and perfect is a form of, or believing you can be because perfect isn't going to exist for us mm-hmm. humans. Um, perfect is, striving for perfection is a form of grandiosity. Which is by definition better than. So um, you know, healthy is, and I always use my hand signals with my clients that I realize people can't see here, but healthy is a circle in the middle. And then when you go into better than you've gone up. And it really, I mean, picture what the term is. You really are in a state of thinking you're better than someone else. And I do have people push back on me sometimes and say, that's not where I'm at. The other person can feel it, trust me. And The opposite of that is when you go into less than, a less than state, neither of which is healthy.
0: So less than is like shame, like Mm -hmm. toxic shame. And, you know, another piece that I think about when we think about perfection, like, yeah, it goes into that more better than kind of place. And it's tied together with this, like, because I can't be less than, right? right. There'd be a really long way for me to fall if I was. And I'm up here looking down my nose at all of Mm -hmm. you. But if I were to be down there, like, I'd be really afraid of
1: how you Mm -hmm. looked at me. And how I'm looking at myself. Yeah. When I'm in less than I'm judging myself.
0: It's really murky and Mm -hmm. messy. And like, we all have grappled with perfection somewhere in our lives. It's funny, even those of us who think we don't, because
1: Mm -hmm. mine doesn't show up as Perfectionism, and what does yours show up like? Mine Mikey? shows up as what I like to call the other side of the same coin, and it's I can't mess up, and it's really isn't yeah. perfectionism. And the interesting thing is, I do look like a perfectionist to people who know me. So this, when I was able to explain this to people, it was eye opening because, like, oh, you do look like a perfectionist, and now that I know you, I totally understand what you're saying. So mine is, um, like, as long as I get something done. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's why I say I'm not a perfectionist. Like I'm, I am always say, how do I phrase it? I'm not always efficient, but I'm effective. I can get it done. But the world closes in on me if I'm going to mess something up. So there's my oh. less than. I can't mess it up. I can't do it wrong. I can do it good enough. I can get it done. But if I get it wrong,
0: oh, it's. The world yeah, closes in. Yeah, it's bad. So. I, I want to just kind of like hold that for one minute because I think that's probably a feeling that a lot of folks here can I relate so. to. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a heaviness yeah. to that. Yeah. And it's fear. And...
1: Yeah. Because on the flip Same side, where? what's going to happen if I do it wrong?
0: And the big answer is I don't always right. know. <laughs> right. But but that we have these like these old scripts mm-hmm. in our head about if I do this wrong or do whatever wrong, then such and such will happen. Someone will get mad at me. I will yeah. be embarrassed. Yeah. I will, right? Like there's there's an old mm-hmm. script there. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that. Speaking of old scripts, my kids
1: are eight and a half and actually nine and a half and eight, <laughs> 18 months apart. And uh, so, literally something happened just yesterday. I wish I could remember the full story. And Michael, my son said, mom, were you humiliated? Like that's their word. And they both have used it different times. I was humiliated. And I've had to talk with them about what, one, what does humiliated mean? Because that seems like a really big word for an eight, nine-year-old. And then why did it matter that you messed up or said the wrong word in class or sang the wrong song at chorus? Why? And my, my kids do know the language of better than and less than I've taught them that because I'm really trying to teach them at a young age what healthy is. And that the other stuff doesn't matter. I mean, when I asked my daughter um, something about how she was judging a girl at school, like, is, is she, you know, the same as you? Is she equal to you? She goes, I don't know. I don't know enough about her. And I said, sweetheart, that's a really good answer because you do know enough about her. She's equal to you because she was born. (laughs) That's all you need to know. But that's not how her brain already works.
0: And so I think this might be a place for us just to explain what we mean by um kind of in that same yes. as equal to yes. position right because like there's a lot of folks i'm imagining who might be listening to this and um those words are they are a lot to digest and to yeah. make sense of so let's spend a moment yeah there, Vicky.
1: so as i was saying that um healthy is the circle in the middle with this lens let me put it that way with this lens healthy is a circle in the middle and you can feel better than other people and you can feel less than other people When you're in that circle of health, that is when you can say from a gentle place, I stand equal to all, eye to eye and toe to toe. We all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. My weaknesses don't make me less than and my strengths don't make me better than. They simply make us different. And I like how you use the term same as. I don't often use the term same as i use equal to they're the same thing i like yours i'm going to start using it as well that's why i say that i like that because that's really what it is we stand equal
0: to everyone no matter what we know about them right i like to think of this as we all we all are born into this planet with mm-hmm. inherent worth we all mm-hmm. matter Yeah. right like Um, I think it's Carl Sagan who, who says like, we're all made of star stuff and star stuff is literally matter. And so we're all, we all matter, right? Um, like quite literally. literally. And also like, I matter, you Mm -hmm. matter, right? I don't matter more than you and you don't matter more than me. I don't matter less than you. You don't matter less than me. We all matter. And it's
1: such a different concept.
0: And I don't even remember well, it's a different concept because our society is built upon like power over power over mm-hmm. power over. Somebody has to have power over another in order for anyone to kind of know their place. Feel good well, about where, where do I yeah. fall and where you fall is equal. It really is that simple. Yeah. We fall equal. And if our world actually revolved around that, this healthy idea, it would transform so right. much. Of what we have come to know. It yes. would be revolutionary. Which is why I'm trying to
1: teach my children from this young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to some family members last weekend, like basically prepping a presentation I'm going to give. And I taught them the sentences, I have worth because I was born. And I stand equal to all eye to eye and toe to toe. And one of them said, I I, um, I have worth because I was born. Does anyone know that? <laughs> I chuckled and said, Mm -hmm. no, none of us were taught this from birth. And I am teaching my children that you have worth because you were born. Some
0: of us were taught that. But I also think that those who were taught that are not the ones who are going to be struggling with it as much. True. I only pause because I have yet to meet someone who was taught that. God bless them. Mm
1: -hmm. But I haven't met them
0: yet. Well, I certainly haven't met them in my therapy. Office, right. Well, I haven't even
1: that. met them in my friendship therapy. So not the no one to my friends at all. Yeah. But my friends weren't taught that either. Yeah. Um, this is new information to everyone I've spoken to. Um, but
0: great for the people who already know it. Like I really do praise you and yeah. great job on your parents. So so one of the pieces that I'm thinking of here is like if I matter and you matter, if we both have mm-hmm. inherent worth, um, if we stand mm-hmm. equal to each other, then there's nothing there's nothing that I or you could do that could add to right. or subtract from our right. worth. Yes. Nothing. You can't take away from or add right. to it. Period. That's... Yeah, like I could I could really, really, really mess yeah. up. And it would be okay.
1: That's not my world on the inside. It, I want it to be. That's the work I'm on. But that's not how... That's not what I... Feel what in the moment when it happens, right? The
0: brain Yeah. Well, I, do. I, I guess what's coming up right now, as I'm thinking about it, is like if I want to be healthy in relationships, mm-hmm. and then I also there's another piece, there's another mm-hmm. layer here, and that's that I I need to be accountable to any harm I've done. Yes. Any ways that I've yes. hurt somebody. Right. Which which is much what we talk about when we talk about like the art of apology right. and um we just did a great episode on the why does my partner podcast it's not out yet but um we talked about the apology trifecta which is all about empathy accountability Mm -hmm. and vulnerability yeah right i'm
1: just pausing and thinking because i know i apologized to my husband for something yesterday i just can't remember what it was and it'd be a better story if i could remember the whole thing but
0: yeah Yeah, it happens okay yeah but 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 harm Mm -hmm. happens right and then it doesn't mean that we're better or less than it means that we need to show up and be accountable And so accountability is like a big part of this. And, and I think it's also that kind of being vulnerable and empathic and accountable is when we're in a one down position, we're so afraid of showing up and being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and accountable, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's that, and and same with the grandiose, like, I don't want to be accountable. It's going to pull me down. It feels good to be up here. It, you know, it's like, when I think about grandiosity, when I think about the one up, I think about mm-hmm. being drunk and like having the keys to my car and <laughs> thinking I can drive.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, um, at our boot camp that my husband
1: and I went to as participants, he did ask Terry publicly, "How will I know when I'm up?" And Terry knows me, I work with him, and my husband was sitting next to me and so terry said is Vicki your wife he said yes and terry said ask vicky she'll tell you and the whole room laughed it was wonderful <laughs> just like you are i blew terry a kiss it was wonderful it really was i kid you not three years later i came downstairs to my husband and said terry never answered your question it took me three years to figure it out and he looked at me and said i'm very well aware of that and i said okay and then i went up a little bit and i said okay if you were aware of that in the moment then your job was to push back publicly and say, that's a funny answer, but you didn't answer my question because it was a valid question. How do I know when I'm up? And if you're not cultivating this other part of your brain, you don't realize, oh, I'm being gossipy right now. I'm up. I'm being judgy right now. I'm up. Like You have to really tune in to know it because as you just said, it feels really good. And I admit it, I'm a gossip. I've we're, we're at a point now where I will look at him while I'm gossiping and say, and I'm up and I know it. And sometimes I stay there. <laughs> and sometimes I breathe myself back down. It depends on my mood.
0: I have this funny little story. There was this time my husband and I were in a therapy session, a couple session together. And uh, he was talking about something. I'm not, I don't remember the content, but I remember that part of my brain was turning on and I was going like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Why would he say that about me? I'm so like, that's not who I am. He, he's really being ridiculous right now. Oh, Rebecca, what are you mm-hmm. doing? You're down in that. Right. And like, I, I was just like catching it in the moment. Like while he's sharing a story, I was like, oh, I'm going up and I'm going down and I'm going up and I'm going down. And he stopped talking and I was like, guys, I'm sorry. Right. I wasn't listening. This is what was happening inside of me well and that brings up a good point
1: too of how the up and the down are the preoccupation with ourselves (laughs) you missed this whole side of it because you were stuck in your
0: own loop i totally well i was i was learning something you were
1: absolutely that was (laughs) beneficial for you when we can get into our healthy place we can focus on the other person
0: yeah and that is so Mm -hmm. big right there right because because what usually puts me in a conversation like that with my husband, what was probably putting me in that up and down was that he was probably sharing his perspective mm-hmm. to something. And I was going, yeah, no, that's not how it went. <laughs> Why would he say that? That's ridiculous, right? And, and the other side of it is if I can hold us both equal and remember that we have different right. perspectives, then I can like enter into listening to his mm-hmm. perspective with different to reach a point of like, I wonder what it was like for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe my preoccupation doesn't matter so much in that moment. Yeah. And you'd also said
1: something earlier that I want to go back to about like, when we stand equal and we are the same as nothing adds to that or detracts from that. To me, that also alludes to one of the unhealthy forms of self-esteem. And I think Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to start calling those flawed forms. I don't like the word forms either. Now I'm pausing, but flawed sources. That's actually the word for it, a flawed source. And, um, those flawed sources, because healthy self-esteem is from the inside. I have worth because I was born. Nothing I say or do adds that or detracts from that. And the flawed sources are performance-based or other-based or attribute or asset-based which I've also renamed just because they go well with my name. So so I will say um, my last name is Isa for your listeners. Say E-A-S-A. E is for esteem. A is for achievement, which is why I just called performance. So they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. S is for society, which I just called other. And A is for assets or attributes. So it just goes with my name, but you know, If I'm in sales and I get my sales done, if I'm in sports and I win the game, if I'm a a stay-at-home mom and I cook a good meal, those are my achievements. And that's where, that's a, a source of flawed esteem that I'm not, I don't have more worth because I cooked a good meal. I actually do gratitude every night before bed. And I realized a couple nights ago, very recently that a lot of my points in gratitude for that day are things i got accomplished. Now, hmm. oftentimes it really is just healthy pride and feeling good and i am grateful that i got the laundry done and my kids have yeah. clean clothes and it is just gratitude. But sometimes yeah. at the end of the night it's i'm happy because i achieved today and i got a lot done and that's where it can tip a mm-hmm. scale. Into unhealth, and it right. really is a fine balance between pride in what we do, which is healthy and endorphins, and that's awesome. Versus, does what does my self worth, does how I view myself, stem from what I got done today? Like, do I look at myself less on the days I don't get as much done? From my healthy place, no, and from my unhealthy place, yes.
0: Yeah. And, and I think you know. So, so there's the achievements, and then there's the mm-hmm. other based, right? The the societal based stuff, which is also like, um, it can show up. Like, does does the person I'm with agree right. with me? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, are we seeing right. things the same? Right. Um, <clears throat> do, do, do they, they like, like me? me? I was just gonna say that one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I had to be the teacher's pet in school.
1: I had mm. to be. I had to be my boss's favorite. Back when I had a boss yeah. <laughs> and you know, what's funny Next about that. R. What's funny about that is that, so I don't have a boss anymore because I'm in, He's still I, favorite. I, well, I still have to be. And what happened was I've skated through for four years thinking, oh, I'm healthy because uh-huh. I didn't have an other and God bless my husband. I do love him. He was never the other. And I don't know why. So like, I thought I was okay. And then some family drama happened with my extended family a year ago and I was shattered all over again. And I remember looking at him going, I'm still in other based. I've just been missing the other for four years. And here we are. It can be so easy to not see it when, like I said, I had no boss. So if I, right. It, it can be really easy. I, to not I totally missed it. it. And then That's here I am cool. thinking I'm all healthy. Nope. I was right back. Not, I'm, I don't even want to say right back where I started. Cause I wasn't, there was some awareness, but still
0: not necessarily not in my healthy circle, circle health and that and yeah. then attribute and yeah. asset based are god it's marketing marketing it's like you will be a better person if you buy this car <laughs> i always say like i i right? work because of if my house if you have the skin exactly. cream. people will if like you have you the you right are. outfit
1: if you have the right <laughs> dress, if you have the, yes that is yeah. attributes and assets and what's yeah. interesting to me is when i did learn this one um i can't even remember you might remember which one does terry call does he call it attributes how did we learn it? Because my husband pointed out that it was like, yes, he calls he it attributes. attributes. And I said something about a house and my husband says, the house isn't an attribute. And I went, okay, attributes and assets. Like if someone needs to be rigid in their verbiage, so it's yeah. the right asset and, or attribute, like, like you said, skin cream, yeah. I have worth, cause I'm pretty, I've worth, cause I have pretty hair right. or the right house. None of those things. Should affect our core, but um, when we're in our healthy place, those things aren't what matter. When we're
0: in our healthy place, they have they have less impact on us. And you know, I love one of the speaking of Terry. I love what he says is that if our society became healthy today right if we became healthy today then this whole like commercialistic capitalism part of our society marketing and um commercialism
1: absolutely would collapse
0: yeah because that's what it is totally
1: um and then he jokes and says but that's not yeah, gonna they're, happen they're selling <laughs> off
0: of it's right, right.
1: but there's also <laughs> little by little like i i do like to look at the the balance of things of where does it go from healthy to unhealthy like I don't want people to think I'm saying you can't be entertained by your stuff. Entertainment is healthy. And if I really like my coach purse, I'm allowed to have it. And if I care what shoes, I like Rebecca does, I'm very obsessed with my nails. They don't change my worth, but I do like it when I have pretty nails. So I'm allowed to be entertained by things. It's when does it tip the scale and become, where do I place my own value? And what do I, um, do I have less value as a person because my nails weren't done today? know when I'm in my healthy place. Like with others, it's healthy to be in connection with people and to enjoy being around people. That's healthy. I encourage that. Does my value come from what those people think of me? Then it tipped into unhealth.
0: So, so let me, let me ask, let me take you on a Mm -hmm. little journey and ask you a question because I know that much of your work lives around decision-making. And so I, I want to know more about how how our self-esteem, mm-hmm. how the way we, right? And I often will read, I don't love the word self-esteem. Neither. So Thank I you, will kind either. of talk about this much. Yeah, I, I talk about it really like how, how much I love myself or I value yeah. myself or how much I know that I matter, right? So so how that affects our decision-making. Right, well, A, like I was saying when you said it, I don't like the term self-esteem
1: either. So I like how you just introduced that. Where do I place my own value? And it affects our decision-making, um, I do want to point out first in ways we usually are not conscious of, because it's little things like, am I allowed to say no to this? Am I allowed to have a difference of opinion?
0: Hold on. When you are using the word allowed, whose permission are we talking about? So if
1: I'm being healthy, it's my own. And if I'm being unhealthy, it could be my husband's. And I don't mean it in an abusive way, I want to explain this
0: and even when it's your own
1: am i allowed um i'm not allowed to i'm not allowed to disappoint my husband he can handle it i can't so so,
0: so I'm, I'm please do play this with is fun here, if that's okay <laughs> all right okay so is that a healthy oh place? no Thank okay. you.
1: I know. And yeah. it also will, will, uh, will trickle this in too. it gets into boundaries. So even though self-esteem is my favorite area, it links in with boundaries all the time. Um, so true story right. last week, my husband wanted to go on the back porch and have a drink and maybe a cigar, but I'm not sure. And I just didn't want to. And for the past four or five years that we've had the furniture back there and he loves going out there. I always, 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 always say yes. Um, and the healthier I get and the more in tune I am with me last week, I had literally just sat down on the couch and even in the heat, I like to put a blanket on me because we have the air on. So I just got my blanket on. I'm all cozy. And he says, can we go outside? And I looked at him and said, I don't want to, that was huge for me. And sometimes when you get healthy and start making decisions, it does rock the boat in relationships because he's not used to me Mm -hmm. saying no. And he looked at me almost crestfallen and went, wait, what? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I don't think you're going to like it as I get healthier. He goes, yeah, no, this doesn't work for me at all. <laughs> no. He was totally oh. laughing, but it was just like, this is a very big change in our dynamic of honey. I just sat down on the couch and just got my blanket on. He said, you can bring the blanket outside. I said, I don't want to get up right now and we're fine. And that was a no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love this idea that, that when we say no to someone else or to something else, right? Like I will sometimes in my sessions grab a Sharpie and write no on the palm mm-hmm. of my hand and put my hand out and say no. And then on the back of my hand, I write the word yes. So when I say oh, no to somebody else, I'm saying yes. yes to
1: me. That makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? And that is like, it's, it's completely mm-hmm. radical. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, like, it was hard for me to say no to him because I the yes I to me was. was I don't want to get up right now. And the truth of the matter is, we can't go back in time. Had he asked, two the yes was I it was I stay want to right, stay right, 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 right hand. Hand. Had he asked two minutes before, I'm the answer would have been yes. Now I didn't tell him that, but he yeah, knew. but but you had I had settled, settled and I call it melting into the couch. Like I had just melted in, yeah. and I was not getting up. But I love that about saying yes to you. I've never thought about that perspective, but that's exactly what it is. And when we're in our unhealthy, less than place, this is really subconscious, by the way, we don't believe we deserve the yes. Like I do have this voice inside my head from my own childhood stuff that says,
0: well, because we don't believe that we're equal and we don't believe that we matter. Because
1: I'm here to appease you.
0: So I'm not even mm-hmm. aware that's how I would get yes. my worth. I get my worth when I appease you. And so if I get my worth when I appease you and I say mm. no to you, there's no space for me to say no. no to you because if I say no to you, I don't gain any right. worth. I don't feel enough. I feel even I more, feel even less, more than. less than. Um, so there's the, the fear. fear. So if you can. The fear that I'm going to disappoint. Yes. So yeah. if you can
1: breathe yourself up into your equal place mm-hmm. and like I said, with a protective boundary of knowing I'll be okay. Is it
0: as easy, Vicky, as breathing yourself up? It is
1: by the fourth year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. That was a really right. good question. I Four like that you in. just said that. Yes. Yeah. No. At
1: the beginning of learning this, I don't even think I was doing it. Like I was teaching it and it was mental for me, but I don't know that I was really embodying it yet. Um, and now it's a deep breath and really I have worth because I was born.
0: Yeah. For me, it, cause, cause it's a constant piece of work in my life too. It's, it's really taken like that particular therapy session I mentioned before where I was bouncing and then I was able to share that yeah. in session. And, um, that piece of awareness became like the, okay, Rebecca, that was awesome. Like so much love and compassion for myself for noticing that and being vulnerable and sharing it. And it transformed how I do relationships, at Mm -hmm. least with my husband, because I can acknowledge like, oh, I'm up or I'm down. He can also point it out to me at times, like there, there might be something that we're talking about where maybe with like a relationship with somebody else. And he's helping me to process it and to Mm -hmm. see it through. And he's like, oh, you know, if you do that, it's going to come off a little Mm -hmm. bit like you're up. Yeah. Right? And so there's just, he's helping me to observe myself. And when I can open up to him in a way that allows me the spaciousness to like be Mm -hmm. real. And I think that's a big part of it is like we all go up and down. We all go up and down, and we can cycle through that in a conversation. Right, right, yeah, right. And I'm here, like oh. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm just guessing that our listeners, as they're listening to this right now, they may even notice as they're listening to this, like, as I've been listening, and Vicky and Rebecca have been describing this, like, I'm cycling, I'm doing mm-hmm. this up and down thing, right, where I'm judging myself for the times when I, um, awesome, yeah. Awesome. Right. Because where does this work begin? It begins with that awkward observation. Like it's not going to feel comfortable at first. It's going to feel awkward at first.
1: I like how you said that because again, in more time, it becomes more natural. And I find myself love how you just mentioned you and your husband. Um, because I took Terry a little too seriously. So after our boot camp, which was four years ago, we would come home and my husband was a really good sport because when he would go up, I would call him on it. And it would usually um not necessarily I guess it might br- have brought him down a little bit because I would say to him, Do you feel it? Do you feel that you're up? Because I feel it, because you're spewing contempt at me right now. So do you feel it? And he would
0: <laughs> and he- <laughs> Wait, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. pause for our listeners and say, what I was, was you, you doing? Say, so
1: <laughs> where was I in those moments? And I find myself realizing literally right now, which I will tell him later today and he'll love it. For those first few months that I would point it out to him, never realized I was doing it myself. And he handled it. He never looked at me and said, You're doing it too. He would look at me and be like, Oh yeah, I yes, I do feel it. And yes, I do feel it towards, like he would say, I feel it in me and I feel it towards you right now. And it was great. And every once in a while, his big pushback to me was that it's not contempt. And let me tell you what I mean by that, because I've softened on this a lot. So Terry taught us and the general consensus is that the emotion behind, well, well emotion behind both the up and the down is the same. I do believe it's questionable what it is because Terry tells us it's contempt. And my husband will tell me over and over again, honey, you're right. I am up right now. And it's not contempt. I can't tell you what it is, but it's not contempt. And I'm there. And you're right. I'm, I'm in better than, and we had way too many fights with me saying, well, Terry said it was contempt. So it has to be contempt. And I'm going, but I'm the one feeling it and I'm not. So I finally softened. I think it can be judgment which I think could be contemptuous anyway. And I've gone to the point where I'm like, okay, it's negative. I'll just go with it's negative. The fact is it is the same emotion if you're up or you're down and where are you pointing it? And when I was calling him on it, I was pretty much in the same place. I'm surprised he never called me on that. And I spent so much time preoccupied with his journey and getting him out of what he was spewing at me that I wasn't focusing on my own journey.
0: Or on your relationship. Or on my relationship.
1: Well, the relationship would have improved <laughs> right? if he would have just gotten healthy. So I think I was very focused on my relationship. <laughs>
0: if he just wouldn't, then we would have <laughs> hand on the head. The whole time. time. <laughs> Cocking the, cock the head, time. right? But, but here's the thing I do believe it's contempt. And I'm, I'm going to hold. Hard okay. There. I'll let you have that conversation here's, with him. I'll talk to you about that. Yeah. I want I to- you to. I totally yeah. will. Yeah. Okay. And here's mm-hmm. why I think it is because when I'm looking out at you and I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm better than you, you don't know mm-hmm. what you're thinking, right? Like there's something yeah. wrong with the way that you're yes. right. When I'm in that kind of place, that's the only thing I can really name right. as that energy, even if I don't want to name it fully. And when I'm in the other place where I'm not mm-hmm. good enough, that's what I'm directing right. back at me. It's, it's the I'm not enough or yes. you're not enough. You don't matter or I don't matter. And that is a violent energy. It It is... Right, whether it's from me to me, mm-hmm. as Terry says, between right. our own ears, or it's what I'm tolerating from you, or it's what I'm giving out to you, in any direction, there's an element like of violence. I the
1: word violence. I really love that word um, more so than I like my softened word of negative. So I would go with whatever we call it. It's still violent, and my buffering is only because I can't sell contempt in my house. I can sell contempt to my clients. And they, because my yeah. clients also look at me differently than my husband
0: does. Thank goodness for that. Maybe All right, we need, we, we need a <laughs> night around this, but still, but I, think, I, think I see I, what you're saying. I don't want to yeah. soften there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think the other side to it, the antidote mm. to this contempt, to it's this compassion. contempt and that's yes. the softening. Right. And so I don't want to soften our understanding oh, sure. of what that energy mm-hmm. is because we need to soften to shift yes. gears.
1: Yes. Um, and we can only get compassion from a healthy brain, compassion, compassion. Somewhere. You know, I was going to say it doesn't exist in our unhealthy brain, but I'm not sure that's true. So I won't go that far, but you know, Terry describes the first consciousness really because it happens first. And what What Terry didn't know, so I didn't know when I was first educated by him, but now Jules has taught me, you know, brain science is that there is this part of the brain, your subcortical part, your limbic area that does happen first. And it is your knee jerk reaction to something. Whoosh. I don't always describe the whoosh because I don't have one, but my
0: clients do. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) that's 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 another whole story that we discuss in depth (laughs) on the why is my partner podcast (laughs) but
1: I do introduce (laughs) it to my clients the whoosh I have a whoosh mentally so I know when I'm there and
0: the relationship and I I have whooshes so so the whoosh for me um and for some Mm -hmm. of my clients might show up like oh I, I remember this one like really big I have like this I used to have this massive kind of social anxiety. It's a little less now, because I've learned how to deal with me. But still, I I get anxious Mm. in big crowds. And there was this time in my 20s, I was going to meet some family to go shopping on like Black Friday, Mm -hmm. in a mall, in like a really crowded Mm. place. And I had Mm -hmm. a whoosh, right? And my whoosh showed up, like all the hair on the back of my neck went, (gasps) and I got chills through my whole body, and my Mm -hmm. face got red. That's Mm -hmm. a whoosh. Yeah right? That's one example of a
1: whoosh, but they can show up in smaller ways too. Yeah. Mine shows up mentally when like, I want to kill my husband. Like, oh, why aren't you just, how do you, how do you not Ah! see it in my way? I thought this was an easy one. Like, I really thought I was bringing up something simple and you're still disagreeing with me. There it is. is. And when, uh, when the observation state that you were mentioning earlier, when we can pause and breathe we can activate and get into what Terry calls our second consciousness, um, which is our neocortex. And it's um, a higher level of thinking. And it's where, I like to emphasize to my clients, it's where emotion and logic are integrated. So it's not emotion versus logic. Like my first consciousness is my emotions and my second consciousness is logic, not at all. It's when I can see things clearly and be emotionally in tune and connected. And it does, this is that muscle we were talking about at the very beginning. It takes cultivating and practice and work. And that's where connection and compassion live. That's where I change my agenda right. to, I want to be close with you again, not, I
0: want to prove my point. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, I'll, I'll sometimes think of this, like how that starts showing up in me that I, and I like to call this an observational mm-hmm. self. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I like to kind of label some of my, my different parts and my ad, my adaptive mm-hmm. parts and stuff, but I like to have this observational self yeah. on board too. And if I can pull her on, then it's, it's like I have these moments where I'm like, oh, oh, Rebecca, what just happened there? Did you just go down or did you go up? And how are you treating this other person? How are you treating mm-hmm. you? What, what? what's the need that you're needing that's not being met right now? How can I show up for you in that way? So I'm speaking to myself like this. And if you could hear like the shift in I did in hear my it. Tone, I was going to point that out. Mm-hmm. The whole thing yeah. shifts. shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And and that's often like, I think I can only give myself that if I do believe that right. I matter. Right. Because otherwise, why would you right? bother? Like, you're oh, not worth it anyway. Right. Right. Like, oh, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Slow down a minute. Let's just take a look. Which is the same way, like if my kid was falling right. apart, the same way I would want to meet them. Right. Yeah. Like
1: how right? it's funny you say, my kid, how I talk to myself sometimes in my healthy, gentle moments of self correction, like you're saying, mm-hmm. is how I imagine I will talk to my now nine, 16 year old son if he's mean to his girlfriend. That's really the image I have in my head. Is talking to him that night and saying, sweetie, that's not how we talk to people. That's how I try to talk mm-hmm. to myself. You can only, not to be overly redundant, you can only make healthy decisions that are true to you from, um, from this healthy place. And here's when we're talking about, if I'm being ridiculous, and that's what, how I call myself, that's my negative voice, like you're being ridiculous. So much for me of those negative voices were buried. Like my big thing has been knowing that I'm in less than like when I learned this lens, knowing that I was there and feeling the internal judgment, but having no words to go with it. So part of my journey has been to find those words and, you know, figure them out and then work through them. I had gone to my own therapy session last Monday and was kind of in a Loose, 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 light panic when I got into my therapy session. Um, and I as I was telling her why I was all riled up, I literally said, I said, and I'm being ridiculous. And then I realized, oh, um, yeah, that's how I talk to myself. You're being ridiculous. And then I realized, and I literally said the story, I said, not that right now is about me as a therapist, but as that comes out of my mouth, I realized the verbiage for a lot of my clients is it's fine. When And I'm sitting in session looking at this client going, it's not fine. Everything about you is saying that it's not fine. And you're trying to shush up some part of you, like shushy you, it is fine. And so I want to help people get in touch with why isn't it really fine right now? Can we talk to that part of you for a minute? So, so much of coming out of the less and better than is finding the verbiage that's happening in your own head and that curiosity, like you said, where's this really coming from? What's going on for me right now? Oftentimes when I or my husband goes up, it's because we felt attacked to begin with and went really far down.
0: Right. And so let's just notice mm-hmm. that for a minute, right? Oftentimes we go up as a protection yeah. when we're feeling that contemptuous energy coming towards us. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, because I yeah. find myself thinking right now, though, two examples on my head, one for me and one for him, We were making up like the time that he did it, it wasn't coming at him at all. It was an innocent question. The bounce down did not necessarily come from the partner. It was our own. Oh, crap. I failed. I'm this horrible, horrible person. How could I have let this happen? Oh, no, I'm not. It wasn't my fault. That's the defensiveness going back up. It wasn't my fault. No, no, no. This was your fault. And here's all the reasons why it was your fault.
0: Right. And so, so the compassion kind of coming back in is, mm-hmm. you know, we, we both have room to make mistakes, right? right. right? And we're going to learn from them together. And learn
1: from them. Yeah. I literally yeah. just had this conversation with my child last night about, honey, you don't have to, my children try so hard to be perfect all the time for mm-hmm. good or for bad. And then when they get exhausted from trying too hard, then their behavior like plummets was the word used last night, plummets for a week. Like they literally just go, I give up. I can't even be a good kid anymore. And so they're just Hmm. monsters for a week. And so I was talking to him last night, my nine-year-old. And I said, sweetheart, stop trying to be perfect all the time, make healthy decisions and know that you're going to mess up and that's okay. And just messing up one day doesn't mean you have to mess up for a week. Like, let's, let's stop being so extreme with it here. I don't know how that, how well, that conversation went, like, we'll see what really happens in the real world. But I was so happy he was able to articulate that to me, of like, this yeah. is what happens, mommy. It's too hard to be perfect all the time. Uh, I don't want you being perfect all
0: the time. It is hard to be perfect all the time for it
1: all is. of us. For
0: all of us, Yeah. and impossible. Right. We and, humans. And just to come back to kind of where we started. That when we try to show up as perfect all the time, inadvertently, we're telling everyone else around us, mm-hmm. I'm holding you in contempt if you're not as good as me. Yes. And, and I don't if, think a lot of people yeah. realize that. Yeah.
1: I've had, pe- I've had clients push back on me. No, I'm not really saying that.
0: You are. Mm-hmm. And people don't.
1: Some people, I think, do maybe do realize it, but some don't. Yeah. But that is the energy
0: behind it. It's the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So, um, Vicky, this has been so, I mean, so yummy. I think for both of us, our our hope and our, our joy and our work in this world is to help more people bring that observational self on board in, yes. in kind of all realms of life and relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in many ways for you, it's around how they're making decisions. Yes. And yes, from their healthy place. Yeah. And, Really, um, I guess it really
1: does boil down to, I, I keep saying it's about the yes and the no. And I'm not, I, I think it is, but it's probably way more about the no's. Mm-hmm. That no well, yeah, that you're rocking it's okay the boat. to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're rocking the boat and someone might be disappointed. Yeah. And how do we deal with their disappointment? And their disappointment is okay and not a reflection on me.
0: Beautifully said.
1: <laughs> and so you have a free guide on your website I do. If you go to your decision diva.com, there's a free guide on self-esteem, those lenses and decision-making and how they relate. And I do want to say a little funny thing about your decision diva. Um, my husband came up with that term and it was the decision diva. And I, I, you know, I come from a less than place in my unhealthiness and I couldn't get behind being a diva. And then I was on a coaching call and someone said, what if you were your decision diva? And I went, that I can do. <laughs> I can help people become more confident in their decisions as long as it's your decision
0: diva. So I am <laughs> your decision diva. I, you know what I love about this is like we're even ending on this note of like, we're all working on this stuff. Yes. None of us get, none of us escape this journey. Correct. And, and, and journey there, I don't know if there is a
1: destination, like you're never it's, it's a constant, not constant. That's too harsh of a word, but it's um, continuous. It's continuous work. And you're going to have moments of success, which are glorious. And you're going to have moments of not, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call them failures. They're not messiness. Mm-hmm. And so it's how quickly can we breathe ourselves into our healthy brain of equality? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's where the work is. That is totally where the work is. And and as we're wrapping this up, I want to come back to that earlier part of the conversation um, around contempt. Mm -hmm. And I want to just kind of help us to kind of squeeze this part together and make sense of it. Because another way to describe contempt, you just did it, is harshness. Yes. I was being harsh towards you. I was being harsh towards me.
1: And there's nothing that harshness accomplishes that loving firmness doesn't do better.
0: Right. And
1: that's, that's the work right there. Yes. Yeah. Loving firmness. Again, and this, this example doesn't work with a lot of my clients and that's okay. It does work with a lot of my clients, even my childless clients right now. How would you correct? How would I correct
0: my 16 year old son for talking not nicely to his girlfriend? How about this? when you were 13, 14, 15, 16, and you did something that wasn't so good, how do you wish that somebody had corrected you? That's
1: how do you wish somebody had? That's a great way to right? say
0: it. Because yes. that right there, it's like, oh, I got into it with my, with my 12 going on 25 year old last night. Um, and I had gotten a bit harsh, right? You need to. And mm-hmm. my child came up to me later and said, "What I really needed was a hug and for us to slow down." Mm. To slow down. That's it. Yeah, you're right. That would have been a better approach in that moment. And I can still keep growing. And so we're refining our language together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what it is. It's harshness versus loving firmness mm-hmm. toward out of me and in towards me. And in towards me, yes. Um living
1: nonviolently. Yes. Both with other people, and I always use you know my hands and between my own ears.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That nonviolent living is working ourselves away from that harshness into that loving that firmness. Yes. Yeah. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Always. I I hope that folks get a lot out of this episode. Oh yeah. Vicki, thank you for joining me. And thank you for having me. Yeah. And so we'll send folks over to yourdecisiondiva.com or vickyisa.com. Yeah. Yeah. Both. That's fine too. Yep. Both. Thank All you. Right. Take good care and come join us at our boot camp. We have one coming up um, in November of 2021 and another one in February of 2022. And there may be more in the horizon after that. Take yes. good care. Bye learn more about my counseling practice intensives and online workshops over at connectfulness.com and if you haven't already check out our sister podcast why does my partner why Does My Partner tackles questions from listeners who want help in relationship? These questions, your questions, send them in, Our relationship gold. They echo the conversations that take place over and over again in our therapy offices and take us deep into conversations around the skills that are right at the heart of relationship intimacy, greater health, and fulfillment. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get your audio. We'd love if you follow and subscribe to the show, share it with those who may also be interested. I want to express my deepest gratitude to the musicians behind the beautiful soundtrack for this podcast, Sarah and Chris Ferris, who recorded and mixed this music at Kidney Stone Studio, and to Little Green Art House, who tends to all of our post-production needs. Thank you. And thank you, dear listeners. It's such a pleasure to be on this journey with you. This podcast is produced by me, Rebecca Wong, and it's copyrighted by Connectfulness Counseling. And we'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram over at Connectfulness. Take care and be well. Until next time.